The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, you're definitely not going to like what you see on Zoom. So you have got to work on who you've decided to be, who you are, and your contribution to that, and what you can do to change what you don't like. Hey, everybody. I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. Today's guest is Kim Foley. She's a media and communications expert and has a book out called Virtual Meetings with Power and Presence, The Ultimate Guide to Online Meetings. Kim is on the podcast today because she's got one singular mission. She wants to make you look good on Zoom. From staging to lighting to figuring out what you're going to wear, a Zoom strategy isn't just for superstars or pundits who appear on TV. It's for anybody who wants to communicate their ideas clearly. So if you're like me and spend most of 2020 in yoga pants in front of a webcam, sit tight and enjoy this conversation with Kim Foley. Hey, Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you, Lori. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Well, listen, new year, new you, and yet we're all stuck behind Zoom and our computers still. And it looks like it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. So that's why you're on my podcast today. But before we get started, why don't you give everybody your two-minute origin story? Who are you and what do you do in this world? I'm an empowerer. That's what I am. I've always wanted to bring the issue of credibility to light. And that's not a discussion that we had at the dinner table at my house, at least. And most people haven't. So when you talk about credibility, you're talking about really difficult issues that most people know nothing about. So it all goes back to image. So I started out as a television stylist and moved into video production and media training and presentation and communications and all of those things. So everything I do, the cornerstone is credibility. And how does that affect your future, your relationships, and your business? Well, one of the things you're known for being is a virtual meeting communications expert. Can you talk about some of the etiquette mistakes people are making as they try to communicate in this virtual world? Here's the thing. When this all started back in March, people were racing to get on this platform and figure it out, figure out the technology. But no one stopped to think about what's the effect going to be in terms of the body language and the lighting, the framing, all of the things that are sort of telling people a story about you. And they're going to make quick assumptions. So nobody thought about etiquette. They didn't think about lighting. They didn't think about mics. They didn't think about framing. And now we've got executives and communication leaders and journalists and experts in their field doing these meetings. And some of them are even on network television so poorly that their credibility really is suffering. You know, I'm of two minds. I think we should always communicate in the way that's most effective 
for our message, right? If our message gets lost through distractions like lighting or scene design or whatever, that's a big miss on a speaker's part. On the other hand, this life that we're living right now behind Zoom is so antithetical to the way good communication happens that I almost don't want to get good on Zoom. I don't want to get good on (laughs) Skype because it's not normal. It's not acceptable. And it's really an outcome of a lot of failed policies out there that we're still stuck at home doing this. I want to get good at what's next, which is communicating in real life to people once we start to get some success behind vaccines and therapeutics. So talk to me about that tension. Do I put all my eggs in one basket and become like the best virtual speaker? Or do I still continue to work on my communication skills in real life? It's the same thing. It's really not different, except you need to pay a little bit more attention to what people are seeing on the screen. If you're in front of someone, say speaking at a conference or speaking one-on-one at a network meeting, no matter what it is that you're doing, you have brought your personal best to the table. You don't show up at a networking meeting like you're going to the beach. And that doesn't mean you're particularly dressed up or something. It just means that for your field, you're bringing your personal best. And for Mm -hmm. you, you're bringing your personal best. That's all we have to do for this is just bring our personal best. And if you don't know how to look like you're looking into the eyes of someone, you hire someone like me to help you figure out where you're going to be looking and when and what to do with your hands. And should you sit or stand? And should you get your computer up at eye level at all costs? That's what I spend my life doing is helping people understand the whys of why this is necessary. We're simply trying to simulate what you just said, which is a real life meeting. And I have mastered this because I've been in video production so long. I know how to make these little teeny, weenie video cameras really sing. And that's pretty incredible because most people look deadly on Zoom (laughs) (laughs) So true as a woman who looks a little deadly right now (laughs) post-workout. I understand that. You know, one of the things that really has bugged me about this Zoom life that we have is that I don't want people in my home. As a public figure, it's not my jam to invite the world into my private workspace. And yet here I am. And then to think like my private workspace isn't good enough, I need to paint my walls and I need to reconfigure that workspace really drives me crazy when people should just be grateful that we're communicating at all, right? I mean, this is a time for empathy and compassion, not judgment. It's true. It really is. And I I do talk a lot about that in my book because I do want employers to understand that it is very challenging. Some people have huge privacy issues. Other people have things in their home they don't want other people to see. I've worked with a lot of professors and their offices are less than ideal. They're stacked with boxes of papers and books are hanging off shelves. And, you know, they don't want people to see that. And then I did have one client who didn't want anyone looking into her home because she had inherited an art collection. And she didn't want everybody to know that she had inherited this great big art collection. And so she was like, this is the only place I can work from. And all this is in the background. So one of the things I have to do with some clients is help them figure out how to do a really professional virtual background or to do a pop-up screen behind them that just blocks all of that. So there are ways to eliminate that whole background and just keep the focus 
completely on you. I just found a little corner. I'm actually in a, my video studio right now, but I found a little corner of the room and I decided, well, let's just bring in a couple of plants in one of my paintings and, you know, warm it up a little bit, make yeah. it a little more pleasing, but it's just a little corner. But there's no right solution for everyone. Every single person I consult with needs something different, depending on if they're going to be on CNN that day, if they're going to be talking to their team, if they're going to be talking to a prospective client, whatever it is and what their issues are with their privacy, that's where I go. Hey, everybody. We're living in an era of uncertainty, but work was never designed to make us feel secure. Systems, processes, and programs were built for bosses, not employees. In my new book, Betting on You, How to Put Yourself First and Finally Take Control of Your Career, I'm going to teach you how to live a better life, enjoy work, and even be your own HR department, a skill that's needed whether we're in a pandemic or not, to advocate for yourself, avoid burnout, and form better personal and professional relationships. Betting on You is available wherever books are sold and audiobooks are streamed. The best place to buy the book is laurierudiman.com forward slash books. That's laurierudiman.com forward slash books. Buy Betting on You today. Well, you know, Kim, we've talked a little bit about the environment and making sure that your environment looks terrific. That's like one lesson around etiquette. But a lot of people do get hung up on the technology that they need in order to communicate. I'm someone who wants to go as cheap as possible because I don't think I should have to pay to work. But I know there are some best practices out there regarding phones and webcams. So first of all, does everybody need a webcam? No, of course not. Use that camera on your computer. That's what I use. And I try to show people how you can, again, make the camera sing. And how do you do that? You give that tiny little processor what it wants. And what does it want? It wants light. So if I want to look great with a tiny little processor that's in my computer screen, I've got to give it so much light so that it can really make me shine. And so it does that literally too. It does make you shine literally. You do need to put powder on once you've given yourself all this light because you don't want to look shiny because if your skin is shiny, it looks like you're lying or that you're nervous. And so I keep my little blotting powder right here next to me underneath my computer here that's raised way up high because I stand when I do my Zoom meetings. I like to make sure that my body language is supporting my message and it changes your voice inflection when you stand. So everything I do is standing. And that's how I train presenters to stand and do their presentation. I love that idea of standing. I also know that a lot of people use their laptop mics or their computer mics mm -hmm. and you end up picking up the dog barking that's and right. redoing their roofs, right? So talk to me about sound and the importance of audio quality. Audio quality is just as important as the lighting. You don't have to buy a really fancy mic to get it right, but you do need to be aware of what other people can hear. So depending on what you are doing, if you can have a corded mic, in other words, something that's attached to the computer and to you, you can use a USB lavalier mic for 20 bucks from Amazon. I've got that on right now. I'm standing three feet away from my computer. I can't even reach my keyboard so that I have a waist up shot and I fill the frame. My head comes to the 
the top of the frame. So the audio is super important. For some people, they need to wear a headset and a single mic. For other people, if they're podcasters, they need to do a, have a completely different kind of microphone setup. So depending on what it is you're doing, every mic situation is specific to your particular needs. If I'm training a speaker that's going to turn around and get on a whiteboard or do something behind them, they need to have a cordless mic. So everything is not just a set thing but you must not use the microphone from your computer because if you're <laughs> framing it correctly, you're standing too far back for it to pick up anything. And it's also going to pick up all the ambient sound. Well, I wonder how many people out there in your estimation really feel self-conscious about being on camera. You know, they're home, they're working and they're doing the best they can, but they have this little nagging voice in their head saying, I suck or I look terrible <laughs> on screen. How do you fix that? I mean, because it could be true. But maybe okay, Lori, not, let me just so. tell you something. There's two reasons why people hate virtual meetings. And can you guess what the first one is? <laughs> Probably they hate either the way they look or the sound of their voice. Yeah. They hate the way they look. That is truly the single most, if people will admit it, they don't like the way they look. I say, let's fix that then. Let's make sure that you give that camera and this platform what it needs to make you look great. Because if you've noticed, if you put yourself together and look in the mirror, and then you come and you get on a Zoom call, you do not look the same way as you look in the mirror. <laughs> no, there's different don't. lighting, there's different angles. You're looking at yourself on the screen the way that video camera sees you. And this is why there's makeup artists on every single television set because the camera is not forgiving. And so there's tricks you can do with makeup and there's tricks you can do with lighting that are gonna help you look fantastic. For instance, you need to not have a lot of shine on your skin and you need to give it so much light in order to really look alive and healthy and vibrant. People are in darkness or if their background's in darkness, they're not going to like the way they look. It's going to look like a creepy horror movie. It isn't just about what you choose to wear or the makeup you're using or the clothing you choose. It's the lighting as well is going to help you like the way you look on these platforms and how you frame yourself. Because if you're framing yourself with your ceiling in the background and you're only doing a shoulder up shot, it's going to look very invasive and very awkward. You're not simulating a real life to life meeting. If you really want to simulate talking to someone across the table, then you've got to get that way up high so that your camera is eye level, not kind of eye level truly eye level. It makes a huge difference. I love it. I'm laughing because um, half these things are just common sense. And then you get someone like me who just comes in from running, does this podcast, turns on her camera. And frankly, I don't care, <laughs> you know, but it's not lost on me that I'm not giving my best when I don't care. Right. I also think there's this other thing where people are trying their best but they're just not confident. Something within them is telling them, I'm not doing a great job. So how do you work on confidence? Well, that goes back to presentation skills and a deep psychological issue. If you don't like who you've created, if you don't like what you see in the mirror, you're definitely not gonna like what you see on Zoom. So you have got to work on who you've decided to be who you are and your contribution to that and what you can do to change what you don't like. And sometimes people don't like it because they don't understand 
that they need to use their body language on these meetings because it's just like being in person with someone. You wouldn't hold perfectly still and look away as you talk to them. You need to look into the eye of the camera so that it looks to the other person like you're speaking to them. And people don't realize that as well. So look into the eye of the camera if you're doing the speaking. You don't have to do it if you're doing the listening, but if you're doing the speaking because then the other people will feel that you're really addressing them. There's all these body language issues that can help you relax and that can help you be seen as more personable. And I think just a little bit of practice with a consultant can just help you so much. Just repeat that in every meeting so that you're comfortable with yourself and other people are comfortable with you. I'm so fascinated by this because we've seen an onslaught, an uptick of anxiety and depression during this age where we're all disconnected and using these technologies that are supposed to bring us together. And something you said now that if you don't like yourself, you're not going to like what you see on Zoom really speaks to me because we are seeing ourselves amplified back at us, all of our flaws, all of our insecurities, while we're simultaneously performing to other people. This has got to be doing tremendous trauma <laughs> to the brain, right? <laughs> if you're anxious anyway, this has just got to have you on an anxiety loop that never ends. So when you work with someone who has that kind of anxiety, can you help them? Do you refer yeah. them out to a therapist? If somebody's really, really depressed, they need to go see a therapist for sure. But a lot of what I do does relieve the anxiety because once people are clear about the expectations. The expectation is that you're going to be eye level. The expectation is you're going to have a lot of light. The expectation is that we're going to be able to hear you clearly and that you're not going to cut off continually. And if you already know what you want to say to either friends, loved ones, people you're leading, people you're inspiring, potential clients, you know what you want to say to them. But what you have to realize is you are in control of how you're being perceived. And that's lost on a lot of people. They don't realize that they have all the control here. I want you to say more about that because I think you're right. There is an element of control that we seem to give away when we're on these platforms. When I was very new to this, I felt like a deer in the headlights. I often talked about how I felt like I was doing hostage videos straight from <laughs> Afghanistan. I mean, I was just staring at the light, not giving any emotion and waiting for people to give me feedback. Do we really have control? And if we do, how do we grab that back? Is it through these great practices? Anything yes else that you can add to that? Yes. I mean, I've created a cozy space for myself here in the little corner of, of a room that's not, you know, in my favorite part of the house. I've created a little heaven for myself with the things I love around me. And I've created something that makes me look my absolute best without spending a lot of money, like this little $7 light from Target, which is by Room Essentials. It's a $7 little LED desk lamp, and it completely changes how you look on camera. So there's so many great ways to create this beauty that you want to have. You want to be perceived as a warm, authentic individual. And so much has to do with the lighting and the angles. And if people can have someone like me babysit them, sort of, I'll be your fairy godmother, and I'll just walk you through this in real time so that we get it right. You don't have to do it later after the consult is over. We're going to do it together. We're mm. going to do it together. Whether I have to teach you how to put on your makeup or I'm going to get you to go get 10 things out of your wardrobe and show me the choices you have so that we can separate you from the background so you're not wearing beige on with a beige wall behind you. These are the things that make people feel good when someone's holding their hand and walking them through every single aspect of this. And I love it. 
I thrive on this because at the end, when they light up and have that aha moment of, I look really great, it's all worth it. And I get people writing me notes all the time on LinkedIn and personal emails saying, thank you so much for all the help you've given me. And I look so much better now. I'm so much more confident. It works. I mean, you just need someone to show you the way. Well, as we start the new year, I would love to recommend your book to my audience. So tell us a little bit about the book, where they can find you and where they can find the book. The book is called Virtual Meetings with Power and Presence. And I wrote the book because so many of my consultation clients really needed something as a backup for, oh, she taught me a hundred things during that hour consultation. And it's all in this book. So if either you don't want to pay for a consultation or you've already taken one, it's a fabulous resource for people. And it's on Amazon and you can get it as an ebook or as a paperback book. The good thing about buying the actual book, the paperback book, is it's full of images. It's got so many showing you what not to do, what to do, you know, what what is enough headroom, what isn't, how to frame yourself, products I recommend, all kinds of things. Someone would ask me in a consultation, I put here. But I also put in a message to leaders and managers. I also put in time management from working at home and etiquette. You talked about etiquette earlier, and it's such an important thing to know all about the different things that you should and should not be doing on these virtual because no one's taught anyone. Well, I love that you're out on Amazon. You're out in the world. You're sharing this really important message to help us communicate our big ideas better. Thank you again for being a guest on Punk Rock HR. Thanks for having me here. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kim Foley. Head on over to the show notes for episode 143 and make sure you pick up a copy of her book and up your Zoom game. You can find all that and more at punkrockhr.com. Now that's all for today and I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Punk Rock HR.